Happy New Year, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to week 18 here on Big Blue Avenue. I'm Tom Scavetta, joined alongside my co-host, Sam Cardona. Sam, another week, another L, but promising stuff by the Giants in week 17. First off, how are you doing tonight and uh, initial thoughts on that game? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, The game was a little bit of a tease, uh, mostly because of how close it was kept uh, coming down to the end of that game. It was a bit of a heartbreaker because we did say last week on the preview that we didn't think we would be able to win, but it was still going to be a game. Like it was a winnable game for us. It just was a matter of whether or not we could actually do it. And we were so close. It was very, very close. Um, And if anybody saw the video on our YouTube channel over the weekend, you saw my reaction to it, which was um, pretty devastated. Uh, But yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting, but I can't believe we're already entering the last weekend of the year. One more giants game to go. Unfortunately, no playoffs this year. It sucks. Um, don't get me wrong. It, it definitely sucks. It was a down year, a lost year, I should say, 5-11. and 11. Um, By the way, uh, doing content with you this season has been awesome, even through the losing, I, I will say. Um, and if you want to catch Sam's video, great reaction to Mason Crosby's missed field goal. Um, and the final moments of that game. Now, I want to say last week's show to my previous point was our most watched show on youtube of the season um over 1700 total so thank you all very much for tuning in last week i think i didn't check facebook but if you combine facebook and youtube we probably went over that but thank you all so much we can't do this without you guys and and gals this all the supporters here of the show and if you want to continue to check us out make sure to follow us on that ticker below we'll leave up there for just another moment, but I will say there were some down spots to this game, but there were also some bright spots as well, Sam. I think we saw a couple really rise up in this game. Sean McVay and his post-game presser credited Wink Martindale's defensive scheme in this game, saying it was one of the toughest defenses his Rams teams, his Rams team faced the entire NFL season, despite scoring 26 points and you know, Sean McVay, of course, grew up, uh, you know, liking the Giants. His grandfather, former head coach of the New York football chance. So that definitely, you know, some ties to the organization. But McVay knows good coaching. I mean, we've seen McVay rise from the very bottom. McVay was 31 years old when he was hired as the Rams head coach, Sam. And now he's been a very experienced coach. They're constantly in the playoffs besides last year, but... Um, I thought Wink's defense really did a good job against a playoff caliber offense. It, it struggled early, but in that second half, Giants did a really, really nice job pressuring Matt Stafford. Two interceptions. Yeah, and I think we've seen that not just in this game, periodically throughout the year as well. You know, this this defense has given the offense a lot of chances, some of which we've taken advantage of, some of which unfortunately haven't been taken advantage of. But our Giants defense is the strong part of our team, and that's why we're going to be focusing offensively in the draft, of course, um, and in the offseason. But I was so proud to watch this defense. They're just every week, you know, Bobby O, Micah McFadden, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, all these guys, like, they step up every single week, and they do everything in their power. Sometimes they're even putting points on the board for us. Uh, Jason Pinnock and Dory Jackson, you know, they're doing everything that they can. And I appreciate that as a fan, you know, obviously we're struggling in different parts of this team, but there's one thing is Wink Martindale hopefully isn't going anywhere next year. And we'll only make that this defense better because, you know, it's only, I would like to think it's only going to get better from here. They did a phenomenal job. Absolutely. As folks, you may hear that helicopter flying over my house, heading to Rikers Island right now. Little little fun fact. Um, <laughs> there you go. Um, way to make a awkward sound fit into the show. But um, <laughs> you're right, Sam. You, you, you hit everything on the point there. 
Um, the offense has really what's derailed the season, but I say, you know, the Rams only survived by one point, Mason Crosby missing a field goal as time expired. But I want to ask you this, Brian Dable's key decision here late in the game to, I believe it was go for two after Gunnar Olcheski's punt return touchdown rather than kicking the PAT. Um, what would you have done in that situation? Me personally, I would have kicked it. My my rule of thumb, if you're at home, you kick it. If you're on the road, you want to get out of there with a, with a win. Um, in that situation, I would have kicked it with the way the offense was playing on Sunday. It was very hit or miss for me. Yeah, that was incredibly frustrating to see because we had it. It was like the worst part, but Saquon just – I don't know if it was Saquon running incorrectly or if it was Tyrod throwing behind him, but I would have wanted the extra point there. It's a pretty much a certifiable point. Um, I get why he wanted to do it. Like I understand and he's trying to prove a point as a coach as well. Um, You know, especially after seeing something like the Lions Cowboys game on Saturday with, Dan Campbell continuously going for two against the Cowboys defense. Um, but I would have much rather as a fan felt the security of getting the extra point. Um, and we talked about this as well as it was happening because we were both really confused because um, it would have been a different game. I think that it really would have changed the course of the game if the extra point was kicked instead. I know the game has changed with analytics and everything, but why was Tom Coughlin the head coach as long as he was for 12 years? He rarely went for two. He only went for two when he had to. I think analytics has taken over the game a little bit too much. There are times where it's needed and it's, you know, welcomed, but other times I think uh, I, w- I would rather not go for two in that situation. But I will say, um, the real reason why the Giants lost this game, in my opinion, the inability to stop Kyron Williams in the red zone. The Rams were three for mm-hmm. three in the red zone. Kyron Williams had three rushing touchdowns. Puka Nakua had 118 receiving yards, including that 80-yard catch. Um, Tyler Higby was slicing and dicing over the middle. I think somebody asked me on my flight back from Florida Sunday, should I start Tyler Higby or Cole Komet? And I said, go with Cole Komet. Cole Komet wound up playing three snaps. Tyler Higby had six catches for 62 yards. Um, go go under. That shows you my faith in Bobby O'Karake and Michael McFadden to defend him. But um, 30-year-old Higby got the better of the Giants. So, But, Sam, yeah, it's just both sides of the ball. The Rams just dominated. Six sacks. Kobe Turner, the rookie, ate up John Michael Schmitz alive. Aaron Donald had two sacks. The O-line just was not good. Once again, and unfortunately, it, it further proves, regardless of who's back there at quarterback, you know, they have to upgrade this O line unit for sure in the offseason. Yeah, for sure. And in terms of the Rams offense, I mean, we were talking about Puka Nakua um, and the fact that he was dealing with an injury at some point last week and was still able to come in and be an exceptional part of that offense Um, just goes to show how much that Giants defense was doing very well for us because that offense going up against a mediocre defense, they would have been just all over the place. They would have been, they would have had 40 points on the board. You know, it would have been really a different game. So it just goes to show again, how important our defense was in this game because of how a semi-injured Puka Nakua was playing because I was really not expecting him to play as well as he did. Yeah. Um, another thing, too, I, I really want to bring up, um, you know, Puka, phenomenal performance for him, but about Darius Slayton. How about Darius Slayton? Two weeks in a row breaks his career long on a single reception, um, 69 yards on Christmas Day and an 80-yard touchdown catch from Tyrod Taylor this past week. Um, now has 700 or more receiving yards in four of his first five seasons. Sam, this was a guy we almost wanted the Giants to cut at the beginning of last season. And I'm thinking back to it. 
Imagine if they did. This offense would be lifeless right now if they did that. You know, I mean, David Sills is off the team. You know, Tony's off the team. Hodgins hasn't been much of a factor this year. And granted, Tyrod Taylor's thrown to him. But, I mean, Tyrod's probably playing his last game as a giant Sunday. And to see Slayton, he wasn't just doing this with Tyrod. He was doing it with Vito Jones. The Giants draft the quarterback next year. I'm fully confident in Darius Slayton as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three. I think Slayton's definitely a giant next season. And I think he's proved it, especially over the last couple of weeks. Hell, he has more receiving yards than Darren Waller. <laughs> I know. And that's saying something. And Darren Waller has even been up and down for us uh, yeah. this past season as well. But um, unfortunately, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, our guy Shep is probably going to be on the outs after this season. And I'd like to think Darius Slayton is going to step up to be this veteran presence, especially in the wide receiver room, which is so young right now um, with Hyatt, Wandale. You know, these guys aren't as seasoned because they've just joined the NFL. Um, so Sterling Shepard, while he's been a great asset to our team for so many years, is probably not going to be on our team next year. You know, next man up to be the veteran is Darius Slayton. And after playing a, a, a better game, like these past few games that we've seen playing a lot better than we've had in the past, you know, I'd like to think that that is going to be a boost of confidence for him as well. And to be a guy to oversee these younger guys who have so much potential, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that our wide receiver room is going to grow in a good way as opposed to seeing it as a bad thing about losing Shep. And to your point, um, seeing what we got in these younger guys, too, behind these veterans, you know, Jalen Hyatt had three catches. Daniel Bellinger had four. And I think last week when we did the show, Sam, we mentioned we want to see more of those younger guys step up and make football plays. And we saw Wandale with the rushing touchdown. He's been phenomenal this year. He's been healthy since he came back. So I'm thrilled about that. Um Daniel Bellinger had an amazing first down for us too. And I was like so stoked to see because Daniel Bellinger is a completely um, underused receiving target on our offense. He's, he's great with blocking, you know, that is where his strength is and what his role is in this team right now. But it's very obvious that he could be utilized in much different ways. Like he's a brute. He could push people down. He could get those first downs for us. And I hope in these upcoming, you know, off season and then in the following season next year, we kind of see a little bit more of him in a receiving way as opposed to just as a blocking tight end. Agreed. Big fan of Daniel Bellinger. Happy for him. Needs to get more reps. Absolutely. Um, Sam, what did you take away from this game, though? Were there any key takeaways um, that you took? Anybody that stood out that has kind of flown under the radar this season? Um, I know that we acquired him later, but Isaiah Simmons, I think, is a shining light on the defense that we are going to use like nobody's business next year. Um, you know, he's – we talked about it and how he was kind of like not really getting a lot of use when he first joined, and then we saw a couple key – you know, plays that that turned games and were incredibly efficient in the defense. So I just definitely would love to shout out Isaiah Simmons, and I really am excited to see more of him, not only on Sunday, but next year as well. Yeah, I thought Nick McLeod really stepped up too, and, and Simmons is a great pick, by the way. I think he's flourished a lot in this scheme for Wink's defense. Nick McLeod outsnapped Trey Hawkins last week, who was a draft pick for the Giants this year. Um, you know, I think it says more about Trey Hawkins's lack of development this year than Nick McLeod, but you know, Nick McLeod did really good last week. It was catch tackle, catch tackle. He wasn't missing tackles. He was really, really good. I mean, the Rams are just two for eight on third down. So I'm not saying he's going to be anything special ever on defense, but as a special teamer, he has been a corp. He's the last two seasons that he's active every week. He does not get talked about enough. So I'm really happy for him. I am. Um, but unfortunately, Giants are on a three-game losing streak 
we know there's one game left this season. Brian Dable's job is safe, of course, as it should be. Um, again, this will be the first time in what is it, Sam? Like six years, a Giants head coach will have lasted more than two seasons. Incredible. Um, again, nothing to be proud of, but I guess for our standards, unfortunately, that's something to recognize. Who did we go with as our player of the week? I, I think we had a little bit of issue <laughs> this week coming up with uh, our player of the week. So I think we might have uh, went with multiple. Yes, we have co-players of the week this week for Big Blue Avenue. Number one is Mr. Dane Belton. Um, super, you know, this was something that was incredibly uh, efficient on our defense, as we were talking about earlier, two interceptions, two pass deflected, two, uh, a fumble recovery, two tackles, New York Giants, one, two exchange, three to one. Filled in for Jason Pinnock after getting injured, obviously it was a bit of a loss. Pinnock had been uh, very efficient on our defense, uh, 76.2 PFF grade, um, second on defense. He stopped Puka Nakua short of the end zone on an 80-yard reception. Obviously could have ended a lot worse for us if that went through. First New York Giants player with three takeaways in a single game in nearly 10 years, and he was a fourth-round draft pick in the 2022 NFL Draft last year. Or two years ago. Oh, man, we're in 2024 now. Um, <laughs> I, I'm still turning 2023. Um, and our second player of the week, which I'm pretty excited about, this one was one that was going to be my choice, but Gunnar Olchevsky. That's how you say it, right? I hope I'm saying it right. Um, yes. Yep. Gunnar Olchevsky, he was the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week this week. Um, 94-yard personal record for a touchdown. Oh, sorry, punt, punt return in the fourth quarter. Um, four returns for 108 yards, which is a 27-yard average. It's pretty good. Um, second career touchdown. Um, the first was in 2020 when he was still on the New England Patriots, and he was a solution to an early season problem. I remember signing him and us saying, okay, I guess we'll see what he's got, and he's enhanced the special teams a whole lot, I think, and was very exciting to see for sure. I think these are two awesome selections, and I'll just unpin this here. Oops. Um yeah, so Gunnar Olczewski, guy who I feel like would have fit on this team better when Joe Judge was the coach, but he, he he's here now, and I'm happy he is. Um, yes. Giants had a lot of fumbling problems early on this year. You know, Eric Gray had issues coughing up the football. Um, you know, at one point they were having Darius Slayton back there field punts because nobody could effectively hold on to the football, and they finally brought in Gunnar. Special teams ace again. He himself had some fumbling issues with Pittsburgh, um, but he was really good in New England, and that was his second career touchdown. I mean, he's been phenomenal since coming over. You know, he he makes the right play. He never really panics when he's returning, and you know, rightfully so. He made a game changing play that probably should have helped the Giants at least tie the game, if not won it late. Mm -hmm. So not to mention, he also stepped up as a holder this year when Randy Bullock got hurt and Gillen had to fill in and kick. Olszewski was the one who held the ball on Gillen's, what was it, like 40-yard field goal, something like that. Mm. So shout mm -hmm. out, Gunnar. Um, and Dane Belton's a player, uh, again, uh, he has been so good and I, I was reading an article today. Backups, young backups, are really only one good game away from becoming a starter. And I think we saw that last week. Jason Pinnock left with an injury. Pinnock and Belton are on the same level. Belton comes out and causes three turnovers. He's in the right place, right time. He looks like a prototypical Wink Martindale defender, as in he blitzes well, he covers well. And again, causing takeaways, knowing where the ball is, especially on that one fumble. He fell right on the football rather than trying to pick it up and run. He just got the football for his team and awesome stuff. 
for both players. Very proud of them. Young players, too. Um, but one bad thing that stinks for the Giants, I'm kind of sad about this, Tyre Phillips, torn quad, season-ending injured reserve. He will have surgery. He started nine of the last ten games at right tackle. So, Sam, your guy, Matt Pert, is back for one final start, <laughs> probably, as a member of the New York Giants before hitting free agency. So it sucks that Phillips can't start against his team he played on for six weeks during the season in the Eagles. But at least Matt Pert gets one last chance to prove himself to possibly get another NFL contract with a different team. That's all I've got to say on that. Can't believe they took away a tire Phillips revenge game from us. Yeah. Can't believe it. <laughs> it's very unfortunate, but um, yeah, wish him the best. And Matt Pert will likely start at right tackle this week. Let's move on to our pre- previews. And the Philadelphia Eagles are back. I know a couple weeks ago we had Jordan uh, tonight. It's just you and I here. Um, you know, fortunately, Jordan couldn't make it, but I know she's not too happy right now, and a lot of Eagles fans are not too happy right now. Um, I'm, I've talked to a couple at work, and they're very down on this team. A lot of them are saying they might lose again this week. So I want to hear your initial thoughts on this game as they are favored by five points and will be playing all of their starters, most likely. Yeah, and since Jordan couldn't be here, I, I'll I'll fill in what she told me this afternoon when we filmed Unsolicited. Um, she is, first of all, she said she was in hell. She was like, I cannot believe this is happening to me. And she said that there may or may not be an Unsolicited podcast next week if the Giants end up beating the Eagles. We might need to take a little friendship break for a little while. <laughs> um, but it's... Yeah, they, a lot of Eagles fans are really down on this team. I mean, they looked bad. They looked bad. We beat the Cardinals. I'll just put it out there. The Eagles and the Cowboys both lost to the Cardinals, and yet the Giants and the Commanders could beat them. Let's just put that into perspective for a moment. Um, so this team, I felt the same way going into – week 16 you know like I was not as afraid of this team as I thought I was going to be I was more nervous about being at the link but being at MetLife I'd like to think that hopefully fans will show up hopefully fans will kind of create a bit of an atmosphere um especially how especially after how the Eagles have been playing but I know from personal experience last year I went to this Eagles Giants game at MetLife Stadium and I felt like I wasn't in East Rutherford. I felt like I was in the link. Like there was so many more Eagles fans than there were Giants fans. So I'm hoping that we kind of turn that around a little, bring a little home energy to this. And I know so many Giants fans are going to talk about losing this game, getting the better draft pick, so on and so forth. You know, we have that shot to get the second pick in the draft. But how good would it feel to end the season off beating this Eagles team? Like, I just feel like it would just be a nice nail in the coffin for us. And it would feel really good. And, like, that not that what we want as fans of a sports team? We want to feel good. We want to see our team win. We want to see our team thrive. So that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I know you're probably hoping for as well is a a win over the Eagles. And um, I think it's entirely possible. I do, too. I did say on last week's show, I do have uh, this on record. I did say that um, the Packers win might not be the last win the Giants see um, this season. And I will say there has been some locker room drama reported with the Philadelphia Eagles surrounding A.J. Brown. So according to the Philly Inquirer, The Eagles locker room is fractured and star wide receiver A.J. Brown is at the center of it. His frustration is supposedly tearing the team apart. One veteran said, and quote, anytime you have bad body language from a leader like that, other guys see it and it's not good. Um, I mean, this is reported by Philly sources. So 
Sam, are you, are, you, are you buying this with AJ? We know there was some drama in Tennessee that got him shipped out to Philly. Is there something brewing again here? Is it maybe Brian? Jo- I mean, Brian Johnson. I mean, all due respect, he's an awful offensive coordinator. He is so, so bad. Even I could predict every single play that the Eagles are going to run. The only thing that works for them is the damn tush push. That's all that works. <laughs> I know. I I genuinely, with the way, one, not only the way A.J. Brown has been playing, the way A.J. Brown has had lack of targets, I'd like to say. Um, I feel like he's probably frustrated, you know, to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it's very obvious that this team is not cohesive right now. There's a lot of things going on. You know, who knows? You know, we've seen a very reserved Jalen Hurts. I, I'm not entirely sure what he's like in the locker room. I don't know if he does a lot of, you know, speaking up. I don't know if he's more of a reserved kind of guy um, in the locker room with his teammates. But, like, you know, if things like this are happening, especially this part of season, your season's done. Your season is done. You're not going through the playoffs with a mentality like that. And, you know, after a hard, hard sequence of games of loss, it's not looking good for them. And, you know, I don't want to be the one that says, like, I told you so. But, like, when the Eagles were winning all these games, I was just like, this can't be like I I know I don't know if that was the hate in me as, as a Giants fan, but I was like I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. It just didn't seem like this could be a team to repeat a Super Bowl again. It just didn't seem right to me. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. AJ Brown does seem like the type of guy to stir the pot a little bit, and and also Devonte Smith is also injured. He was seen in a in a walking boot, so that's probably bringing morale down as well. Your team's falling apart, and there's only so much you can do about it right now. And odds are the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. And this is why veterans like Julio Jones need to step up on that offense. You know, Jalen Hurts. barely been around, too. I I mean, no one's talking about Julio Julio Jones. I know he scored two touchdowns last week, but those were his only two catches of the game, and I think those were his first two with the Eagles. Um, Yeah. And then Jalen Hurts has looked – I mean – if, if the Eagles play – the Eagles right now are the five seed. They'll play the winner of the NFC South. They may lose to the winner of the NFC South at 9 and 8, 10 and 7, whatever it might be. And I'll be honest, if they play Tampa Bay, they're definitely losing. Baker Mayfield has looked better than Jalen Hurts has this season. Baker Mayfield looked like – I'll be honest, he's looked like a top 10 quarterback out there th- this season. That's what he's looked like. This season, folks, take that very loosely when I say that. I'm not saying no, he's top 10 quarterback in the league. Yeah, ever. Sam wants me to double down on that. But yes. Um, and when you lose to Jonathan Gannon and the Arizona Cardinals, your former defensive coordinator, who a lot of Eagles fans trashed after Gannon got the job. Well, guess what? You lost to him. So you can't really say too much right now. And Eagles fans will do what they want, of course. But what a terrible time to go on a, a slide, Sam. Ten and one to eleven and five. That's gross. Um, they hundred twenty one rushing yards in this game. They got outgained by the Cardinals, four hundred forty nine to two seventy five. Um, where there's smoke, there's fire. AJ Brown is clearly at the center of this right now, and he needs to be better. He needs to get the ball more. Yes, but. He needs to play better, too. He needs to be a team player. He needs to lift guys up, not push them down, Um, not bring them down, I should say. But you're right. I want to beat the Eagles very, very badly, especially after Christmas Day, game-winning pick thrown by Tyrod Taylor. And the Giants' last two losses, Sam, have come in the final play of the game. And it sucks. It really sucks. It does, especially not only with the Eagles game. I mean, the Rams game, that just, you know, that came down to a kick. It is what it is. But the Eagles game specifically, there were flags. There was clock mismanagement. There was just so many things that could have been done just a little bit better. And we would have won that game in Lincoln Financial Field, which is like 
not something the giants are capable of doing at all a lot of the time. So I'm, mm, I would just really love to kind of be the last team to put that last bit of exposure on the Eagles going into the playoffs because one, I agree. I think the Buccaneers are going to win the South. I think that they're going to win this last game and we're going to see Baker Mayfield in the playoffs, which I love people that don't know. I love Baker Mayfield. I've loved him since he was in Oklahoma. Um, So to see Baker Mayfield go into the playoffs and then play the Eagles and have the Eagles be done in the first round, it would just be, it would make up for the Christmas loss. It would make up for everything. So I, it would just, it would mean so much to me. (laughs) And then again, winnable game. Ever since we put in Tommy DeVito all those weeks ago, ever since, you know, Dan, uh, Daniel Jones went down. Every game that we've played has been a winnable game. It's just been the matter of what small thing has just obliterated at the end of games for us. So we'll see what happens. I guess got to play good football. Yeah, and that's it. And Brian Dable's team has not quit like other coaches have seen the Giants team do in the past. So, And that's another reason why Dable absolutely – gets at least the third year, um, if not four, to get this right. Um, but moving in, let's get to our keys to the game. Um, Sam, I'll start with you here. One or two, what are you looking at here for Big Blue to pull off this, I guess you would say, upset and come out on top? <laughs> I would definitely say the first thing that we were capable of doing two weeks ago that we could definitely do again is stifling the run. You know, we, you know, Boston Scott has always been a problem for us and he really wasn't a factor too much in week 16 on Christmas. So, you know, doing that again would definitely be helpful as well as just being disciplined. And obviously there's been a lot of problems with the refs over the course of the season that is not entirely always the player's fault. But don't give them a reason to give us flags because it's that's what's been hindering us sometimes in these games. So be disciplined, stifle the run. As always, offensive line, step up, protect the quarterback, do what you gotta do, and, and get the ball into the end zone. You know, you have so many great targets. And hopefully Darren Waller doesn't lay on the ground in the final 12 seconds of the game. And like, we like, what the hell is going on? You know, maybe he learned that. Yeah. Um, protecting Tyrod is key so that they can get the ball down the field too. The Giants have surrendered over 80 sacks this year. Um, awful. Historically, probably the worst offensive line in Giants history. Um Get the ball to Slayton, Waller, Wandale, as you said. Um, Establishing the run is going to be key in this game, and I think the Giants do it. Uh, This could be Saquon Barkley's last game as a New York Giant, and a lot of people are going to tune in and ball out because we don't know what the future holds for Saquon. There's going to be a stare down again for the coming months. I mean, yes, the playing season might be over for the Giants come Sunday night. But, Sam, once week 18 is done, yeah, there's no playoffs. But you know what? There might as well be a postseason because all the talk until March will be the Giants and Saquon Barkley. It's going to be Saquon. It's going to be a little bit of McKinney because he's due as well. But it's mainly going to be Saquon. What's going to happen? He's been here for six years. I, I guarantee this. He runs for 100 yards and scores on Sunday. Um, I mean, the Giants had 465 total yards of offense on Christmas Day against the Eagles. That was not by mistake. And meanwhile, the Giants benched a quarterback in this game and still scored 465 yards. So I think for me, staying ahead of the chains, staying out of third and long so that Tyrod Taylor can manage this game really, really well and Saquon can do his thing and keep Jalen Hurts on the sideline. Yep. Yeah, I agree. But do you think, Sam, this is Saquon's last game? I I can't get a good read on this at all. I know Shane won't budge, but 
Mara, I don't think Mara will budge either. Mara doesn't want to move on from Saquon. We all know that, but Mara's not really a businessman. You know, yeah. he's not really a business guy. Like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Business wise, I think it makes sense for this to be it, but team wise, loyalty wise, it's like, how can you move on, especially with the potential of a rookie quarterback coming in next year? You'd want Saquon around for that, no? That, that's for what sure. I don't understand. The, th- the thing is that the, the the reason why this read is so hard, and I was thinking about this earlier, actually, because, you know, I was thinking about the, you know, last offseason, how we were struggling to figure out what was going to happen then. Um, Saquon wants to be a giant, and he wants to stay on this team. He's talked about how much he loves this team. He talks about it all the time. It's just a matter of the money, and... One of the things that I remember talking about in the offseason was his agent possibly telling him to take, like, a year to, like, hold out for a contract. And I was like, that's the worst idea you could have ever had. One, for a running back. Two, for a 27-year-old running back. Like, that's definitely not what you're supposed to be doing. His time is limited. He's had injuries. And... He, I mean, last year he did great for us, but this year really hasn't been as much of a factor as we wanted him to be. The veteran presence would be great, and he stayed healthy most of this year. I mean, I don't really—he didn't have any like major injuries this year, so that's probably going to be part of it. I'd like to think that they're going to do everything in their power to get a contract done, but it's tough. It's tough to say because if Saquon wasn't on this team this past year, I don't really think our season would be much different. Right. And I am looking now. Saquon did miss a little bit of time. I'm seeing he missed weeks three, four, and five. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, it wasn't a major injury. It was just a thing that kept them out for three weeks, and they kind of played it safe with him. But. I mean, the Giants have ran him into the ground this season. He only has four rushing touchdowns, four receiving. Granted, the Giants' offense has been porous, but as much as he wants to be a Giant, I could easily see him putting on a Baltimore Ravens uniform, God willing, and him loving it there, you know, playing with Lamar Jack, because that's a piece they're missing too, running back position. So I want Saquon to be a Giant for life. I do, and he always will be, even if he moves on. But... um, I've got no answer right now. I, I, I really don't. It's going to come down to the stare down once again. And it's sad to say, but it is what it is. And that's why I'm watching him this Sunday. He was given the good guy award by the media today. And he is also up for Walter Payton man of the year award. If you uh, repost a, a bunch of the giants players and fans are doing it. If you repost their, um, you know, Saquon voting post, you, you, he gets like, Sam, I think it's two votes for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. So I, I think he'd be an excellent candidate for this award, and I think he deserves it. If he does leave this year, seeing him go out with that award as a New York Giant would absolutely make my day, 100%. For sure. Um, but, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Let's move on to Philly, Sam. Give us some players to watch. Um, Who from Philly is going to escape this uh, locker room drama and play well on Sunday? Um, I think for this this, uh, come around of of the Giants-Eagles game, I'm going to go more defensive here. Um, The, like, every Georgia Bulldog that's ever been drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles – um, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, those guys are going to be one of the main assets of this team. Um, uh, or rather Tyrod and this offensive line. Um, we really got to see, you know, cause their defense isn't phenomenal, but they'll do what they need to do, especially with a weak offensive line. So I'm definitely going to keep my eyes on, on them. Um, I'll also mention Dallas Goddard just because I feel like he was a bit of a thorn in our side on Christmas Day as well. Um, and on the Giants side, 
I'll go I'll go defensive on that end as well because I I really think that this is going to be more of a stopping the offense kind of game. Uh, Bobby O, Deontay Banks, you know, these guys down the field who are going to be covering guys like A.J. Brown, um, you know, keep the numbers low. Keep keep this a close game because, again, it's winnable. It's, you know, on our defense is somebody that we can rely on and as we've seen these past few weeks. Um, so definitely those types of guys to just keep it low, get them off the field, keep the offense on the field as much as possible to do your best. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, that's it really. I mean, for offensively too, I mean, you mentioned Dallas Goddard. Yeah, he was really good on Christmas Day. I'm also thinking about DeAndre Swift and what he's done this year. Mm-hmm. First year with the new scheme, offensive scheme, rushing for over 1,000 yards, averaging over 4.5 yards per carry. Had 96 yards and a touchdown against the Giants in Week 16, so that could carry some weight over a little bit. I know Dexter Lawrence did not play in Week 16, so that might have been part of the reason why. But – all in all, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at um, Jalen Carter, who's really improved throughout the course of the season. Six sacks, too, as a rookie from an interior defensive lineman is phenomenal. The edge rushers, I mean, Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. Reddick has 11 sacks on the year. Um, I'm excited to see Tyrod, maybe Darius Slayton against James Bradbury a little bit. That might be a fun matchup. And... Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I've got for the Eagles. Sam, who do you have for Big Blue? Anyone in particular? And then um, we'll announce the, uh, I believe the Pro Bowl candidates or Pro Bowl rosters just got announced before we went live. So I'm going to add that quickly here to the script. But who do you have for the Giants? Yeah, like I was saying before, guys like Deontay Banks, um, and uh, who was the other one I just said? Um, uh, Bobby O. Um, you know, these guys are going to be playmakers. They're going to be guys that are going to get Jalen Hurts on the ground, that are going to slip by Jason Kelsey, who are could, you know, possibly put points on the board, intercept turnovers, um, which they did a great job with on Christmas Day. And so these are the guys that I'm going to rely heavily on because – our offense is struggling. You know, it's going to be a little rough. Tyrod's going to be kind of all over the place. I, I'm relying on this defense a whole lot. Um, Mike McFadden, you know, all these guys on the defense that are just going to hopefully carry this game till the end. Yeah. Uh, Banks did not play last week, so I'm interested to see if he plays. But offensively, I mean, Saquon and Tyrod Taylor, those mm-hmm. two, Tyrod making his fifth start of the season. Probably his last game as a giant, um, unfortunately. And then Sterling Shepard, who we have not talked about this season, really, because he is pretty much just riding the bench. And this might not just be his last game as a giant, his possibly his last game as a pro in the NFL. And you have to consider his career and what he's done here, scoring eight touchdowns as a rookie, playing in two playoff games, going through all that losing. What is he going to do on Sunday? You know, are they going to give him some target? You know, defensively, Dexter Lawrence, who was just named to the Pro Bowl, by the way, uh, one of four Giants finalists to actually make the roster. I'll reveal the other three in just a moment. But, yeah, Dexter Lawrence, phenomenal season for him. I'm looking at him, too, on the defensive side of the ball, Sam. So, I mean, he we, we can go on and on here, you know, Matt Pert, right tackle. But, I mean, realistically, it's going to come down to who wants it more. It's week 18. Giants should spoil the Eagles' hopes of the NFC East and, you know, make them a wild card team like they deserve to be right now. They don't deserve to be division champs. There's been no repeat division champ in our division for two decades. 100%. Um, but quickly here, the semifinalists for the Pro Bowl, as we know, Dexter Lawrence, named to his second straight Pro Bowl. Um, semifinalists were Casey Kreider. He did not make it, but he might be an alternate um, at long snapper. Jamie Gillen, punter, 
was a Pro Bowl alternate as well, and Kayvon Thibodeau, a Pro Bowl alternate. Wow. So excited for those three. Me too. 11 and a half sacks. He was a force all year. Bobby O got snubbed, though. Uh, he definitely got snubbed. But there's going to be snubs every year. Yeah. He's sure. clearly a pro bowler. Clearly. Um, but quickly here on Dexter, fifth-year pro named the Giants' only 2023 pro bowler. Um, he's the first Giant to receive this honor in consecutive seasons since Jason Pierre, Paul Folks, since 2011 to 2012. And wow. the team's first interior lineman to be selected to multiple Pro Bowls since the 1950s. And the was the first Giants' first Pro Bowl interior lineman since nose tackle Eric Howard in 1990. So, year. He was the first Giants Pro Bowler at that defensive tackle position in 32 years. My goodness. It's a long time. It was a very, very long time. I'm just going to delete this here. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> Sam, quickly here. Um, we have a few injuries. Obviously, John Michael Schmitz and Jason Pinnock are at risk. Um I'm interested to see if Devontae Smith plays. I know you mentioned that a few moments ago. Um, I don't – I mean, the Eagles receiving core is not deep. I think that's why they signed Julio Jones. So, it is, yeah. Zacchaeus who hasn't done much. Quez Watkins. I mean, these guys don't really – they don't do much for me, you know. Uh, that could be part of it too. Their receiving core is just not deep. yeah. No, I think they put all their eggs in one basket when they got AJ and drafted uh, Devontae Smith. Um, But, yeah, I don't know if he's going to play. He was in – from what I understand, he was either on crutches or in a boot or both. Yeah. um, Which is never a good sign, you know. You know, it's one thing to have a a taped-up ankle or something like that, but to be full-on in a boot is never a good sign. Um, Yeah, I'm interested as well, but you're right. They – don't really have a lot at receiver. And if Jalen Hurts doesn't have anybody to throw to, which is kind of why I chose Dallas Goddard as uh, one of these players to watch, because he could just be slinging it to his tight end. Like, who knows? Think and dunk, intermediate routes. Yeah. Um, lastly, before the game predictions, Hassan Reddick, he's ill, did not practice. And then Jordan Davis as well, two defensive guys in the trenches. So part of the reason why I chose Saquon is those guys not practicing. It limits the Eagles' depth. And we know Saquon is a bell cow that plays through all three downs, essentially. So definitely intrigued about that. All right, folks, it's time to get to our game predictions, our final game predictions of the season. Sam, who are you riding with this week, week 18? I'm going to end this this season off. Last game prediction, I'm going to go with the Giants. I have to. I can't go for a mediocre Eagles team right now. The Giants team in MetLife Stadium, week 18, they're going to play spoilers. It's going to come down to yet another Mason Crosby field goal, which he won't miss, and it'll be 24-21 Giants. Wow. I love that. Redemption from last week. Yeah. See what you did there. Um, For me, I know I kind of alluded to something last week, but I I thought about things today and I started to sway the other way. But you know what? I'm not going back on what I said on last week's show. I'm also picking the Giants. Book it. Giants win by a final score. Mike Wazowski style. 23 to 19. Nice. Um, So, yes. So I have the Giants winning by a weird final score, but I think the Eagles somehow wind up with 19 points for some reason. Don't ask me how. But, all right. That is my final score, and I think Saquon will have an awesome game on Sunday with his future uncertain. Um, Yeah, and that's pretty much it, folks. want to 
thank everyone tonight for watching. I know we went live much later than nor normal. Apologies about that. Um, we'll likely be back to normal time for the last uh, show or two. We'll probably have two more shows where we do our top 10 player reveal of 2023. And then we'll next week we'll recap the Eagles game and then go through some superlatives from the season, kind of a little, uh, you know, recap of everything and what went happened, a little post-mortem, I should say. But, Sam, any final thoughts before we get into Philadelphia and sign off? Um, just uh, another season in the books. You know, I know we got a couple more shows to go, but, you know, it's been it's been a ride. I'm happy that we were able to do it together. I'm happy that we've constantly been in contact with each other during these games because I don't think I'd be able to do it on my own. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm feel very good about this, you know, at this point in this season, last game of the season, just feel good about it. Feel the confidence going into it. Who cares at this point? The Eagles suck anyway. Go giants. <laughs> That's right. Looking for a New York giants win against the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Folks, if you like what you watch, make sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Big Blue Avenue. Appreciate everyone. Uh, appreciate everyone who tuned in last week and tonight as well. Um, we should be back to around that 7, 8 p.m. start time next week. We'll post in our socials about that. On behalf of Sam Cardona, I'm Tom Scavetta. Wishing you all so long. Happy New Year, everybody. But cheers to 2024. Hope it's much better than 2023 for the Giants. And without further ado, let's go Big Blue.